absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, Podcast Pacers, episode 49 of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and I got my main man here with me, the man rocking the master's hat, the Leave the Pin t-shirt, paraphernalia king himself, legal paraphernalia, that is, my man, Scott. Scott, what's the good word? What's going on? I I am, in fact, wearing the master's hat uh, in honor of the man who will, in April, be earning the career grand slam. Mr. Rory McIlroy. Well, there you have it. Scott has picked we'll get, Rory we'll to win there. the Masters, um, as he has in the past. But we know from time to time he is uh, have the ability to change his picks at the last minute, which is fine because uh, we allow I'm, that here. I'm I'm gonna ride or die with him on that one. Hey, fair enough. Uh, Scott, let's get right into the big news. Episode 49 is one episode away from episode 50, a monumental episode, if you will. And we've got a great interview lined up with LPGA superstar, uh, Jane Park. So for those of you who are not fortunate enough to have met Jane and or interacted with her in some way, uh, you are in for a treat. Um, that's that's all I'm going to say. I, yeah, haven't, just I a... have not heard the interview because it's, it's you know just Dan and her. Um, but she is one of both the nicest and funniest people I've ever met. Uh, so it, it's bound to be spectacular. Yeah, it, it truly is. Uh, there's some good laughs, some, some great insight, you know, to the life of an LPGA tour star and, uh, it's just a real cool interview overall. So we've been saving that. We had that plan from literally day one, the get go. And, uh, you know, all thanks to her for being so kind to take some time out of her year to uh, sit down with us and, and kind of give us uh, a little bit of insight for all the listeners out there. So, Scott, let's start from the jump off right here. We got a big weekend coming up, buddy. Uh, on Thursday, I'm leaving Thursday to head up to Rhode Island to chill with John from Spargo Golf and do a complete club fitting, top to bottom, putter to driver, driver to putter, all the way down to everything in between. And I'm going to spend about four or five hours doing that. Him and I are going out to hit up Warwick Country Club, in Rhode Ooh. Island, right on the right on the water there on Friday. Uh, that might be through the snow. We will see. We got a little bit of a storm predicted coming in. It could be an epic round. I will get back Friday night, and then I will meet my man Scott and Dan from Train on Main. And Scott, we're playing the oldest public course in the United States, Van Cortlandt Park. So first of all, represent the Bronx. Um, you know, Dan and I are. You know, from New York, I still live here. Um, Van Cortlandt Park is it when you think about kind of like old school, old style golf courses. Van Cortlandt Park fits the bill, um, and it is it's public, but uh, it's one of those places that's public but super well kept. Um, it it kind of keeps a reputation uh, amongst locals and. Uh, I've played it before. Dan and Dan, I don't think have. I know, you know, this Dan hasn't. I don't think Dan Lewis has. And uh, yeah, I think they're gonna really have a good time. Yeah. What's What's crazy is now I've passed this course, no joke, four or five hundred times in my lifetime, mm -hmm. driving in and out of Long Island. It was always my marker coming back home from college. 
hit Van Cortlandt Park, and then I knew the LIE was coming up in 6.5 miles, right? The entrance, my entrance to the LIE to get home. So I have seen it. I have passed its fairways. I have seen its greens. I have passed its clubhouse just numerous times and uh, was never in the position to, to play it. Why? Uh, basically out of sight, out of mind, if you will. But right. Scott and I have a, a problem a concurrent problem, and that concurrent problem is the fact that the Bethpage State Park golf reservation system is a hoax, and we keep getting shafted week in, week out for Saturday and Sunday tee times at black and at red. I don't care about green, yellow, or blue, so we have not been able to get a tee time that's been conducive to us playing, so we said, you know, what else could we do? And we kind of looked else in the area, and we saw Trump, links at ferry point and van Cortland, and quite honestly i think trump links at ferry point is is quite overpriced for this time of year um you know they want north of of 220 bucks for november which you know for me on a weekend that's a lot you know i'll take that on a prime saturday in the summertime but not for mid-november when you know there might be frost delays and stuff like that so van Cortland seems like an adequate choice and scott and his buddy Mike are playing uh, the golf at City Field at the stadium. Dan and I are playing that same golf the night before on Saturday. So we've got kind of a whole New York golf weekend wrapped up uh, within the you know Bronx, Manhattan area. Yeah. Uh, so I, and obviously you know tune in for our Instagram because there'll be uh, a ton of con- content on there. Um, and if you want to have a lot of fun, tune in on, on Sunday while Mike and I are after Mike and I play, because he's bound to offer some hysterical golf <laughs> nonsense. That's all I'm going to say. I'm still trying to figure out, buddy, how this whole deal at City Field goes. Uh, I know they do points. If you get a hole in one, it's like two under. They consider it an eagle. Something within the painted area is one under. We just got the email today. Dan forwarded it over, and it kind of showed exactly how the point system goes. Um, aside from the walking in between tiers, levels, um, you know, from mezzanine to boxes or wherever you're hitting from, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to take that long. You know, I'm going in with low expectations. I'm hoping to be amazed, but I don't know if I'm going to be. Uh, you're, I, I've never done it, but, uh, you've essentially paid full greens fees to hit nine golf shots. That's what I was assuming. There is a chipping and putting, uh, contest afterwards, I guess for everybody that is going to show up that day and there's a leaderboard. Uh, so, so bring your putter, uh, bring your lob wedge if, if applicable, mm. But the holes, I believe, are something between 70 and or 90 and 150 yards. And they're going to take place from nine different spots around the stadium. Yeah, I'm just going to lean into the absurdity of it all and go with the clubs that they provide. Oh, um, are you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, oh, okay. So uh, if this is a little bit more serious, I'd bring my own clubs. Um to be honest with you, if you were going to be there, I'd probably bring clubs because then we'd, you know, we'd have a, a little wager on each hole. Of course. Or, you know, for the, you know, the total. Um, with, you know, with Mike being there, I, I, I could probably tee off with a, a soda bottle and, and still beat him. <laughs> 
Um, nothing, nothing against him. He's a, but this, this format does not suit him well. Right. Uh, right. He would be fine in a, like a long drive contest. Okay. Um, if you didn't have to be accurate, which in a lot of long drive contests is not that much of a premium. Um, but for purposes of this, where he's got to hit a shot to a spot, it's not going to work. So, yeah, I gotcha. So I'm just, and we're going to be, we're going to be out watching football during the day. Cause Mike lives in Manhattan. We're just going to hop on the subway after watching what, football. What game are you going to be watching? Ah, uh, well, I will be watching the giants play the, uh, the jets. Oh, that's it's funny because you mentioned you were going to be watching football, so I thought you'd actually be watching football. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's football. It's just not good football. It's like exhibition style football. Now they did that already. Oh, have have our hmm. Jets realized that they're still not in the preseason? That they could actually start playing well? Not yet. Uh, no, that's that's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, yeah, so so it seems absurd. It seems crazy. The greens fees seem a little bit ridiculous, north of $70 or whatever it is. Um, but I guess how many times, realistically, I mean, let's be honest, how many times are you going to get to hit golf balls inside a major North American professional stadium? I'm going to say this might be the only time in my life. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, my guess is I'm never doing this again. Uh, unless it's absurdly cool. Um, Mike's a big Mets fan, so obviously City Field being their home, uh, sure, it'll, be, cool. it'll, be, it'll be cool for him. Um, I, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's, it's a driving range where you only get to hit nine balls and it costs $10 a ball. Yeah, it's it's basically <laughs> like uh, like a uh, souped up version of Chelsea Piers, but you don't it, get to actually practice. You know what? It's 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 like a top golf situation. Yeah, that's yeah. actually probably a good good analogy. Yeah, uh, uh, here here's here's the deal. I think we're paying seventy five plus dollars to hit a few cool shots and get some neat Instagram pics. Yeah, that's right? what it the, is. The the real golf will be played at Van Cortland Park, though. Oh, that's when the real golf will go down, you know? Absolutely. So looking forward to that, you know, regardless, you and I hanging out playing golf uh, will be very cool. We know that, you know? Yeah, I I actually, I was out at the range before um, in between, you know, two different things at work. Oh, you're getting a little little sneaky practice in on me. So I'm trying to do a little driver driver shaft testing because I've got, like I've mentioned, four four driver shafts sitting down in my garage. And uh, I'm not really thrilled with the setup I have currently. And I was just goofing around with the adjustability of the loft and the, the shafts and things like that. And I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'll play around with it again another day. Yeah, understood. Understood. Also, cold weather has an impact on it. So I wanted to wanted to get out there while it's a little bit colder as opposed to during the summer. So try yeah, and, no, try and optimize, use all the, the resources at my disposal. Yeah, understood. Because I understood. I want that three bucks. Well, technically it'll be it'll be six dollars because it's two from each of us. I'll know, give Dan back. His, I'll give You'll Dan give... back his money if I win. <laughs> Why does he get his money back? <laughs> just, nah, I'm keeping that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some news, Scotto. Uh, everyone's favorite lovable loser, uh, although he's won a ton, but in our hearts, a lovable loser. Uh, 
gambling man himself, Phil. Phil made headlines this week for dropping out of the top 50 in the OWGR for the first time uh, in 23 years. No, 26 years. Sorry, it was 26 years. Okay. Currently, Scott, he sits at number 51. Everyone is making a big deal about it. And I get it because it's like a historic number 50. Mm -hmm. 50 gets you into like the Masters, 50 gets you into the WGC events, all these things, right? But he's like 0.2 points away from number 50. But let me just read some facts out for you, which many of our listeners might not even understand these references. The last time that Phil was outside the top 50 in the official world golf rankings, Bill Clinton, you know what he was doing. Uh, was he running for president? Yeah, he was, he was getting on some Tiger Woods stuff there. You know what I mean? Uh, listen, the man likes a good cigar. For sure. Uh, Robin Williams was the number one box office hit with Mrs. Doubtfire, played a cross-dressing grandmother. Uh, Meatloaf, who most people would consider a classic rock, uh, his song, I Do Anything for Love, was topping the Billboard charts. And some of our favorite major champions... Uh, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas were about six months old at the time. Mm. Pretty insane, huh? Yeah, that that is that's pretty crazy. Let me uh, let me give you some numbers which make it even more insane. He spent one thousand three hundred and fifty three weeks inside the top fifty. Mm. Okay. That's insane. What makes it more insane, let me juxtapose it against, quite arguably, and I would argue so would you, the greatest professional golfer ever, Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. Tiger has been ranked as low as 1,005 in the world. Right. Okay, so just, we, we know that Tiger wins at an absurd rate, at something along 24% of the time he enters tournaments. But what's insane with all this is that Phil spent literally a quarter of a century ranked amongst the top 50 golfers. You know, think of the list of the top 50 guys that he was there with. Like, you're talking when Ian Woosnam was in the top 50, right? Mm -hmm. Greg Norman in the top 50, Nick Price, Nick Faldo in the top 50, all the way now to Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, all those guys, Scott— He's outlasted, you know, almost all of them or was amongst them during their prime, which is just insane to me. Yeah, uh, that and again, so we, it, it's ironic that you mentioned Tiger Woods there because we, we've had this conversation, you know, what would you rather have, you know, the the majors or the, the couple big weeks or the consistent greatness? Um, and to be honest with you, the more we talk about it, the more I think there's a place for both, you know, cause you know, you have that, that steady greatness of Phil, you know, for a quarter century being in the top 50, but never reaching number one. And then you have, you know, Tiger being number one for, you know, what was it like six, six consecutive six, years, 678 yeah. weeks or something along those lines, 693. Yeah. Um, well, but, but those weren't all consecutive cause he did, Drop right, out right, of number right, one right, for right. a little bit, and then come back, and yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just I mean, all, look. 
I think the bottom line is all of those numbers that we just mentioned are astronomical. I'm not sure, and we talked about this before on the pod with the modern golf swing, I'm not sure any of those numbers will ever, ever be duplicated again. Yeah, I, I can't imagine either the the Tiger or the Phil thing. I, I can't imagine that's happening ever again. No, and here here's another thing to think about. And and when you say a quarter century, when you say two decades and a half, you know, a, a lot of times, especially people that weren't around or not as old as you and I are, that don't remember Phil playing at Arizona State, right? Don't remember him winning a PGA Tour event as an amateur. I think what gets lost is all the things that can happen to a man, to a woman, to a, to a, an adult as they grow up over that time. Like we've seen Phil grow up. We've seen Phil falter. Uh, we've seen him change caddies. We've seen him battle uh, a crooked driver. We've seen him play tournaments with two drivers. Mm. Uh, we've seen him bomb what should be winning drives off of the roofs of hospitality tents into garbage cans, right? We, we, yep. We've seen him elevate with joy eight inches up in the air after winning his first major and then never looking back. Um, we've seen him been involved in gambling scandals. We've seen him been involved in insider trading scandals. We've seen his wife battle cancer. His kids grow up. I mean, there's so many factors that could have derailed him for 25 years. But the fact that he stayed within the top 50 and just kept on playing amazingly consistent golf is, is honestly astronomical. Yep. I mean, who, who, who else in sports, save Tom Brady, had that type of longevity? I mean, is, is there anybody? No, you know, I, I, Kobe did it in basketball, right? You could argue Kobe and Jordan did it in basketball. Um, you know, Jim Brown in football was at the top of his game. Mike Trout is in the midst of performing that now, but two and a half decades—that's nuts. Right, and if you and again t- talk, taking Tiger as the the sort of other one there. Look at how many times. He's been, and obviously personal demons aside, uh, how many times he's rebuilt his swing and how many times he's, uh, you know, gone with different coaches and, and how many times he's fallen, you know, fallen out of, you know, where the level he's at and had to come back, supposedly. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's, it, it is, it's crazy. And I don't know that... Um, you know, some of what Phil's done is he's not a beneficiary of the attention being on Tiger. You know that there's that possibility too, but um, it's you can't you can't fault the guy for doing anything that he's done because it's arguably one of the, the the top PGA Tour careers ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, top ten all time. I would put him. Uh, let's not forget two physical ailments. I mean, he he battles now as a spokesman for mm. uh, psoriatic arthritis as well, which is something that derailed him for a good three, four months at one point. I think that was like six, seven years ago before he really got it kind of taken care of. So like, you know, I mean, you just imagine our lives, how they've changed dramatically over the last 25 years. I mean, I can, I can, uh, I guess, quote unquote, uh, empathize with this. I mean, I went from being 
basically a scratch golfer to, you know, my kids being born and then the game kind of falling apart and me not knowing what version was going to come out to finally, I feel now like I'm getting back to close to the golf that I used to play, you know, and that's, that's on a microcosm. I'm not doing this in front of a hundred thousand people a week. I'm not doing it in front of millions of eyes at, at, at Augusta national, you know, I'm doing it at your local Muni course here with, with four people watching. Well, forget about that. You didn't even play golf when this streak started. <laughs> That's true. It's very and, true. And, and I had I had stopped playing right when it and didn't pick it up again for another couple of years right. when it started. Right. So, I mean, that's you know he's essentially had a, a really steady PGA Tour career in the entire length of your golf golfing fandom even yeah that's uh an amazing way to put it it's almost like it was such a given that you just took it for granted and and i think that's what happens too as these things are going on you you never truly appreciate until you can sit down and look back at it until he's not in the top 50 or not in whatever you know the next thing is when he falls out of the top 100 in five or six years from now you're gonna look back and you this dude was top 100 professional golfers in the world for 30 straight years. Yeah. That it just, when you say it out loud, it's just, it's crazier and crazier. The more you talk about it, <laughs> like 30 years, it's just, it's stupid. It's just stupid. And, and again, you know, maybe in 10 years, Scott, if we're still doing this and maybe I'll eat my words because, you know, someone else down the line will, will start approaching it. But I, I don't see how that's feasible. I mean, maybe like, a, I think the guys do play, pretty you know they start pretty young maybe like a ricky could yeah okay yeah could be i mean dude still got 19 years to go like think about that think about that a guy who maybe doesn't win all the time but is consistently easily within the top 50 still has two decades left to play that type of golf to match what phil does yeah that's that it's lunacy yeah. All right. You christened this last week and you christened Rory uh, starting the Brooks Kepka FU tour, right? Rory has taken Brooks's words as motivation. I guess for everyone saying that, um, you know, he, he made Rory less of a man by demoralizing him with these words. Maybe, maybe Rory took that to heart. I want to read you a quote, Scott, and I want to get your thoughts on this because to me this is a bit weird. Okay, so listen to this. Rory said, and we know that Rory just won the WGC HSBC Championship. That's a mouthful, right? He said, I think maybe more so than when I first came out on tour. I try 100% over every shot because I realize I don't have as much time left as I used to when I was 20. Rory is only 30 years old. Am I to take this to believe that at certain points for his first 10 years, Rory was not trying? Um, that's kind of what it sounds like. Um, or, or, you know, he's he's such a cerebral person that he may have, you know, reflected on his the early part of his career and come to the conclusion 
that, you know, he, he thought, you know, he was so good that he didn't have to think his way around the golf course that he could just okay. go up, walk up, okay. hit a shot. Maybe, I, I, I'm just throwing that out there. No, I don't no, know. No, I, yeah, I know. But, but okay. So, so you're kind of saying like he gets to the point where, Hey, you know what? I'm only having my B game, maybe my B minus game this week. So I'm just going to play with it and I can probably win instead of saying, Hey, I'm not hitting the ball this great, but what can I do to modify things? to get around the course easier. I think you and I and, and every golfer out there has been guilty of that. Oh, sure. Right? How many times do you have a good round going that you have hit, blow up with a triple bogey and you're like, oh, this round's done because I need to birdie my way out to break 80 tonight or something or, or birdie my way mm -hmm. out to break 90 or something like that. And then the wheels fall off. Right. Yeah, or you, you lose it for that one hole because you hit a couple bad shots and just like, whatever, just get this hole out of the way. Start focusing on the next one. Uh, I've done that a ton of times. Yep, and then it never that that next tee shot never goes well, and then yeah, and sometimes yeah, you step out of it and you know you go back tee off and you're fine, but most of the time it it just you're out of it for the next couple holes. Yeah, I feel like that statement is akin to you being on a green and everyone else is putting for par or birdie. And you start looking back and counting your shots in the fairway and are like four, five, six, seven. Okay, I'm putting for eight right now on a par four. And then you say to yourself, why did I try to hit a hybrid out of a sand trap that had a high lip when I was 180 yards out? Like, why did I just knock it out with a sand wedge or, or a pitching wedge and then wedge onto the green? You know, instead you yeah. compound these issues with even more issues. And then think snowball. So I could definitely see that happening at a tournament where he's like, all right, well, you know what? I'm five off the lead. It's Saturday. It's late Saturday. The lowest round I've shot is three under. So I'm definitely not going to go five under with Sunday pins. You know, whatever. Let's just try to get around tomorrow and, and get out of here and get on to the next stop. Yeah, I mean, and even when you put it in that context, the, the master's collapse makes perfect sense. Yep. Um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, again, it, it, it's Rory McIlroy and the, the mindset of an athlete like that is something that is hard to fathom and yeah. take, take that and couple it with the fact that he's a very, I think he's at least become a very introspective sort of person. Um, he, I know is is very into um, kind of some philosophy of of uh, I think it's a essentialism, you know, where he's trying to minimize distractions and mm -hmm. things in his life um, and just focus on on things that are important. Uh, who knows what comes out at, as part of you know looking at yourself like that? I I I wouldn't be surprised if in the moment he thought he was in the game but now looking back he realizes he wasn't sure sure i mean hindsight is 2020 right always and you can see clearer sometimes when you're not in the moment always. yeah it's just and, it's and it, and, it's, and, I, and, even, and despite all that i, I still pick him to win the masters well that's right and, <laughs> and i also want to say like again you know the rory is dead tour people jump on that that train all the time and let's just let people know he's won four times in his last 15 events. Yeah. Okay. So he's right now hitting Tiger. 
win percentages. And he won player of the year. And he won the players. And he won the Canadian Open. I mean, it's like he won a WGC. He he won the FedEx Cup. Like, it's... You know, I, I think the thing is, he came out with such hype. And I think everyone really wants him to be the next Tiger. Like, I think if there was anybody that you could anoint to become the next Tiger and know that this person would not have the off the course issues that Tiger had, I think it really is Rory. I think he made a great point before. He Rory wants to live in this perfect world where no one says anything bad about him. He goes out, he plays good golf. He's rewarded for that. And then he leaves it on the golf course and takes nothing home with him. And, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. the life of a tour pro is not that. You know, you're going to have your detractors. Uh, there are going to be your demons that, that you have to fight. And it sucks that he has to do that. I mean, it does. You know, it sucks yep. that he has to sit there and listen to Brooks, uh, you know, pantomime on about he's never won this or that, which, you know, because quite honestly, y- you can't have a rivalry in golf. Like the fields are too good nowadays. That's all BS. It's made up right. media BS. So when you see that out there, let's be honest, it's just people trying to get clickbait and trying to have good headlines, Right. There's unless you do match play, there's no such thing as a rivalry. Because yeah, no. the the odds are you're not going to have these top two guys at the top of each tournament every single week. It's just not going to happen. No, yeah, and, and a lot of times they're not even playing. It's you know that you'll get one of the top few guys in a tournament, and everyone else will be you know hanging out at home, or maybe you get a couple. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, yeah, there's really no, I don't think, true rivalry in golf. And I don't think there's one, I can't even think of a true one going pretty far back. No, no. Everyone tried, and everyone tried to make rivals for Tiger, and... You can't. How can you when a dude wins like that? Yeah, it's like the the, the Sergio's Tiger's rival, well... Not really, because one is superior to the other in every way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A rivalry has to go back and forth in mm-hmm. order for it to be applicable. And nobody has gone back and forth with Tiger. Yeah, um, and even and even Phil, like, you know, yeah, was he good consistently for all that time? Absolutely. But the sustained greatness that Tiger had, I don't think will ever be matched. And I think even Phil would tell you, nah, it's not even close. Yeah, and, and you know what the thing is, too, in golf? And even, you can look at the stats, like, I remember, like, five or six years ago when they were both playing well, um, maybe a WGC event or a U.S. Open. Hmm. Remember, Phil and Tiger were paired together. And it was one of those things where they said, oh, head-to-head, here is how they played. But that's not even a rivalry. Like, a rivalry, rivalry has to be... Like, you and me break away from the field, and I have to beat you in order to win the tournament, and you have to beat me. And then that has to uh-huh. occur over a few times per season. And then that has to go back and forth a few times. So I've won three, and you've won two. And then the next season, we pick it up again. And guess what? That never happens in golf. Right. I mean, and right now, we are potentially on the edge of something. If, you know, Kepka can make it back and, and start being competitive with all the talk that, that's been... There's a possibility that Kepka and Rory could turn into a rivalry. I just don't think it's going to happen. Here's a take for you. 
Go what for if it. Kepka, what if Kepka is saying all this stuff right now because he knows how bad his knee is and he knows he's not going to be able to get back to what he was. So he's using all this as just kind of fuel to the fire to promote how good he was for a length of time. So this is it's legacy talk. Yeah. Yeah, he realizes mm-hmm. that okay, Roar's in better shape. This knee is going to be a habitual problem for me. The doctors have told me that. They said it's never going to function again properly. Um, let me get it out there how good I was. So when I come back, if I'm not as good, well, at least I can rest on my laurels and I've got a built-in excuse. Yeah, it was, it was all the knee. If I didn't hurt my knee, I would have, yeah. Right. Um, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would make excuses. I don't think so, but do we really know him? Nope. He's so guarded, you know? Yeah, so, I, I mean, you definitely you definitely could be right. He just doesn't seem like that kind of guy to me. Right, But. Right. But he's also, you know, it, when you talk about legacies and you talk about, um, uh, let's call it future earnings potential, um, if, you know, his, you know, prime golf earning is over, you know, keeping him relevant as a, you know, sort of all-time great could be in the best interest of some of the people who are in his year. Sure. Who knows? Yeah. Hey, man, there's always money to be made off of them, right? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe, you know, Jenna Sims is a, you know, a, a closet, uh, you know, Justine Reed, and she's telling him what to say. Who knows? We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Do not. Do not. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Professor X, though, for popping up out of nowhere to make it to the playoff and almost beat Rory. It's always nice to see the good professor uh, get out of his wheelchair and make some closing birdies. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, you're not a, not a fan of Chaffelet? I, I I like him. It, you know, I, I like that he made a made a game of it. Um, you know, again, it's a, any given Sunday, yep. any given weekend on the PGA yeah, Tour. That's true. Um, and, and having said that, you know, and, and Xander's a guy who he's had a lot of success the last couple of years and he's, he's on, and he's on the edge. He's on the edge of a breakthrough. Um, but let's see when he breaks through, you know, is he the next guy? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Another uh, one of those guys that really fits the mold of, Finishing a few tournaments here or there, kind of high, plucking off a win, and then dropping back into relative obscurity. When's the last time you heard about him? Uh, Right? The the last time we talked about him, I think, had to do with the driver testing at the Open Championship. That's right. That's right. And since then, I mean, before that, the last I remember talking about Shoffley was, was having him as a pick for um either players of the pga i remember picking them for one of those and then nothing driver testing happens nothing and he pops up you know somewhere in the middle of shenzhen china mm. you know finishes finishes solo second makes a nice paycheck at a wgc event picks up some points and quite honestly we might not hear about him again till i don't know the masters yeah and he's gonna do okay 
this year, he's going to do more than okay in terms of being a tour pro uh, monetarily. Oh, totally. It's and, the tour is. Yeah, and and he's consistent enough. You know, at this point, he'll be in the you know he'll be in the FedEx Cup playoffs. He'll make some noise uh, in a few tournaments. Maybe he'll win one here. You know, one or two throughout the course of the season, and you know that that'll be his year. Yeah. Or or he'll break through and win a major. But until he does, he's just a really, really good player. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, let's move on to uh, LPGA, Scott. Uh, LPGA Q School Mm -hmm. just finished up. It is eight rounds. It literally lasts, this is not a joke, two and a half months. It's absolutely insane. Finished up at one of my favorite. It is crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Finished up at one of my favorite places in the world, Pinehurst. Uh, Muni He won at 21 under par, but the top 50 get tour cards. And people that finish 2-3 over par, 24-25 strokes back of her, got tour cards. Some notables include uh, Emma Talley, uh, Haley Moore, who we've had on the podcast before, former University of Arizona national champion, uh, and our friend Christina Kim, mm-hmm. who was involved in a... I don't want to say pretty serious rules breach because it was not her, but a fiasco that tended to blow up on social media and all golf media outlets. Uh, I actually talked with her. I texted with her real quick just to kind of get her thoughts on it. And uh, so let, let me give everyone an idea of what happened first. Okay. So she's playing with Kendall Dye and uh, some other player. And Kendall Dye looked at the other player's caddy and basically asked what club that girl had hit. So the caddy flashed, you know, mm-hmm. three up, meaning an eight iron, right? Because here's right. here's five, six, seven, eight, right? And if I go down like that, you know, three down would be a two iron. So flashes her that and... That person hits. Well, Christina sees this, and obviously, I mean, you know this rule that you can't give a playing competitor advice. Um, I think everybody knows this rule. But Kendall Dye said that I've been playing for 10 years, and I didn't know you couldn't do that. Okay, that seems odd to me. But what people took offense at is... Not the fact that Christina called it on them because she's protecting the field, okay? Um, that is not, it's not being a snitch. That's, that's not doing anything out of the ordinary. You're protecting the field. You're protecting the integrity of the game, right? Right. What people took offense to was Christina going on Twitter and posting a cryptic tweet that said, Tour pros, please know your rules. Please. Okay. Then people started to ask her, well, you know, Miss Kim, what did you mean by that? Because, look, if you put something out there that's cryptic, you're never just going to leave it. You want somebody, by human nature, you want someone to investigate that and to say to you, what is this? Why did you put that? And then she goes back and forth with people, and then it kind of blows up into this whole thing. It was done correctly on the golf course. Nobody within the LPGA within the rules officials, within the group, even took offense to it at all. Kendall Dye and, and the other girl, and her name escapes me at the moment, I don't know why, 
But both of them said, our bad, we accept the two-stroke penalty, we shouldn't have solicited advice, et cetera, et cetera. But the way that Christina Kim went about it, they took offense to. Um, she had told me that she just felt like that was the right thing to do to put it out there so people didn't come kind of right at her without knowing the facts. Um, I got to tell you, Scott, I'm kind of torn, right? I'm kind of torn because I think with what we do, by getting access to players, we're giving up a little bit of... I, we're giving up a little bit of what we really want to ask. Does that make sense? It does make sense. If I'm interviewing you and you're giving me an hour of your time, well, I'm going to ask you what you don't want to talk about. And then I'm not going to talk about that stuff because I'm respectful of the time that you've given me. And I want you on my podcast and I want to hear from you. And I'd like to keep a good relationship with you. And maybe there's things you've done in the past that aren't good and that you don't want to talk about. So I'm going to leave those alone. But the golf fan in me and someone that within this podcast and you as well try to be completely transparent, um, there are things we want to know. So I'm very torn because she is someone that I know personally and and someone that has uh, given from her own heart things to you know myself and, and, and my kids and has taken care of us um, and has been very candid about things in the past. So I struggle with the fact of her putting it on Twitter because I guess the way that I live my life, I'm not going to put everything that I do out there, you know, even everything I do in golf, I'm not going to put out there. So I don't know why it couldn't have just been handled, um, between the three of them or the six of them, the three caddies and the three players. I don't know why it needed to be put on social media. And if it did, if you felt like you needed to do that to protect the entire field, I'm not sure why it could have just been put out right off the bat instead of cryptically and then all these followers and fans kind of digging away and scratch at the surface. What, what am I, am I overblowing this? Are we all overblowing this, Scott? What's the deal? Are we all overblowing it? Yes. Yeah. Just has nothing to do with you. It's, we live in a society where we overblow everything. Um, there's something I think that may be, sort of lost in this. I'm going to come to Christina Kim's defense here. Um, she's a, a veteran out on the, the tour. She's been out there for a while. Um, does some of her putting it out there, um, you know, there uh, maybe the world didn't know, but the tour knew, you know, people around the tour knew, I'm sure, or, or at least we're going to hear. Is she putting that out there not only to protect the field, but to sort of let people know, hey, like, listen, like, I really wish this didn't have to happen. So please know the rules. So I don't need to get so I don't need to to do something that's hurting someone else's chances. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It it sucks for her. Like, imagine Mm -hmm. being the tee box. You're first off. Congratulations to Christina Kim for getting back her tour card. Okay, a, a woman that has three wins, has written a book, a bestseller. I mean, it's been out there for like 15 plus years. One of the most enigmatic, charismatic 
players out there. Congratulations to her for grinding through eight rounds of Q School and getting back out on tour. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. How much would it suck to be playing for your livelihood and then having to be put in a position where you have to go and tell on someone else because that other person was so stupid for creating such a, a, a moronic mistake that you now have to deal with it, right? Like I feel like that's a lot of what I do at work. Yes. You know, I'm dealing with other people's idiocy. Like why can't you just come in and as Bill Belichick says, do your job? Yep, yeah. Right? Do, do your job so I don't have to start tattling on you. Right. So like it sucks for her. And again, you're up there. You've got like five holes left in the final round. And the only thing you're worried about is, am I going to have a tour card next year or not? And now I see these idiots flashing these other hand signs as to what club to hit. Like, and, and for Kendall die, not to know that rule. Come on. Like my 10 year old son knows that rule. That's, that's stupid. It's just ignorant. It's like Phil knocking the putt, uh, at the U S open at Shinnecock, you know, it's yeah. one of those things. It's like, Oh, yeah. oh my bad, dude. Yeah. I didn't think they're going to penalize me that much. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, he knew what he was doing. Now I will I will tell you this caddies are allowed and there's no penalty for flashing media or flashing cameramen or on course reporters, what club they're hitting. Now I've been at many tour events uh, you know, my, my buddy Dan, when I was following Steve Wheatcroft last year, every par three would give me hand signal as to what club he was hitting. And mm -hmm. I'd mark it down just so when I talked about it on the pod, I had some relevance. Like, oh, he's hitting eight iron to anything between, you know, 168 and 177 today. Right. You know, because we're playing at sea level. But you can't go out as another player and ask. There, now, look, there are ways around that, Scott. Okay? You walk always, behind the bag. Yeah. You look over the shoulder. You see what club they put down. The caddy slowly puts the club in so you see exactly which one it is. I mean, come on. To, to go out there and blatantly say, like, hey, like, that? No? This? Oh, okay. Like, come on. It's just stupid. And, and, and deservedly show... Deservedly so, excuse me. They should have been penalized. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, it is what it is. Anyway, um, Bermuda Golf Championship. Let's finish up. Brennan Todd won. Uh, Harry Higgs finishes second. Harry Higgs says all he wants to do after rounds is take a nap. Uh, sometimes I feel that way too. I hear um, But Aaron Wise, Hank Lebiota, and Scotty Scheffler. I'm going to say Corn Scotty Scheffler is in the top five. Yep, yep. Corn Ferry boy's killing it out there. And uh, our man, the gay man, Brian Gay himself, tie third. Mm. Will we hear Brian Gay's name in the top three for the rest of the year, Scott? Uh, I would say that there's a pretty good chance that that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's what. good. I'm glad you, you know. know I was by the, and, yeah, and by the way, this this was a, a tournament that featured Boo Weekly in a featured group on Friday afternoon. Yeah, well, did you see that going into Sunday, Boo Weekly was in the top 10? Yeah, because he shot like 63 on Friday. Some crazy, some crazy low score. These opposite field events, I know they're ridiculed by so many people, but I mean, let's be honest. For like old school golf fans, 
when, when you get to see some of your like favorite old school guys pop up out of nowhere, and you know that like you you know that they have not been grinding like they were during their prime, right? Like yeah. Boot Weekly is not playing or practicing like Ryder Cup Boot Weekly, you know, spanking his his pony as he rides down the first fairway of the Ryder Cup. You know what I mean? Like that that's not happening. So to see him come out, he literally Scott, I guarantee on Wednesday of that week, he was out hunting, gator wrestling, mm. or fishing. And then someone was like, hey, Boo, you know you got a tournament tomorrow? And Boo's like, oh, goddamn, where we at? And they said, we're in Bermuda. Oh, Bermuda. Um, okay, show me where that is on the map, and I'll get there. Yeah, th- this one was a uh, was a rogues gallery in the, the field. You had, oh, yeah. you had uh, Boo, you had Ben Crane. Um, other names that you probably haven't heard in a long time, such as Chad Campbell. Um, yep, yeah, was uh, you know, Tim Heron, Lumpy himself. Yeah, Lumpy. Uh, Mike Mike Weir was in the field. Graham Delay. What happened to him? Oh, Canadian himself. Uh yeah. Nicholas was in the field. Uh, Gary. Gary Nicholas, exactly. Um, why Gary Nicholas is in any professional PGA Tour <laughs> event, I have no clue. Exactly. Like, um, do, do you think they do that to try to trick people into coming? Like people that don't really follow golf but have heard of Jack Nicholas, or maybe people that even call him like Jack Nicholson and think they're the same person and he's a famous golfer, that they look at it like, oh man, that good golfer Nicholas is playing. Let's go check it out. Then they see him and they're like, oh. He looks pretty good for being that age. And they mm. follow him around thinking that he's actually Jack Nicholas. Yeah. Bo Van Pelt was in the field. Okay. I so you know it, it's a it's quite the crowd in some of these tournaments. <laughs> and Smiley was out there too. He did yeah. not make the, the cut. He's on the comeback though. He was only plus one. Yeah. He's on the so, comeback. Yeah. Uh, so what else we got this week, Scott? Anything? What else do we have? Um, we had talked about it before, and I actually have the the date wrong. It's next week, but next week we have the Maya Coba Classic out in Mexico, aka the Matt Kuchar uh, Caddy Foundation Classic. I hear they pay pretty well out there at Maya Coba. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I I I I almost wonder if El Chukan will just troll Kucher. Like he'll be like the the big guy in Happy Gilmore who's like following <laughs> shooter around. <laughs> I uh I would I would just love if Kucher got into contention and somewhere along the line someone had a sign or someone yelled something out super clever, whether it's like pay L2 can or, you know, I would love to have a sign that said something along the lines of like at 6% interest, you would owe L2 can like, you know, right. $38,922.76 today. Pay the man. <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, right now he's, he's committed, but I kind of feel like, He's committed, and then on, you know, Sunday he's gonna withdraw. No, he he's there, Scotto. He's there. He owns that place. 
That's true. He does. He wants. He wants to go back. He wants to be looked upon as the savior. He wants to uh, let the demons of the past be gone. I hope someone calls him on it. If if we were there in the media, I would definitely in the press conference ask him about that. Do, do you think he takes it then the other way and he just like shows up in the 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 caddy shack, let's call it, and he, he just, just like makes it just makes it rain. <laughs> Drops a opens up a bag and just throws pesos all over the place <laughs> to everybody. Yeah, I could I could see that. I could see that. Um, yeah, I would. You know what I would ask him real nonchalantly? I would say, "Hey, Cooch, uh, who's caddying for you this week?" That's it. Mm-hmm. And then let all the other members of the press start thinking about things to ask when he says, "Oh, I'm taking a local caddy," or you know, "I've got my normal caddy this week." My guess is it's either his his regular caddy, um, or uh, or his wife. I would love to see it be Sibby. That's her name, right? Sibby. Yeah, Sibby. Yeah, I would love to see it be Sibby, and then all the memes made out of that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Yeah, so we got that to look forward to, which is you know, which is nice. Um, and then Corn Ferry Tour Q School second stage is going on we've got some notables in there um former podcast guest taryn gregson her husband mitchell um i had checked today he was one under at the turn uh byron meth will be coming on the podcast soon is in that uh former podcast guest steven i'm is doing that as well so uh yeah a bunch of people and a bunch of big time names we will see uh make their corn ferry either debut or try to get their card back. Akshay Batia was playing as well. There's four different venues that are hosting those uh, this week for second stage of corn ferry tour Q school. So it'll be interesting. Interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, it's always, it's always interesting to see who's going to be going to be out there and playing. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, good, good luck to the people who have helped, us build this podcast so and and good luck to akshay too because you know it's it's always good to have a little kid running around sure sure (laughs) um and then scott you and i will be competing against each other as well as dan from train on main for our typical three dollar throwdown right dollar on the front dollar on the back dollar overall or as you would most people would call it a three dollar nassau uh but -hmm. it'll be double it'll be tripled now actually so it'll be a nine dollar castle. Yep. So this should be interesting. Should be good uh, at America's oldest public course, Van Cortland Park. And then we'll, uh, you know what, Scott? I might just try. I might just try to get an extra ball and see if I can just hit one over the outfield wall at City Field. Uh, you depending on what clubs you have with you, yeah, I don't, because you they can won't bring, be hard. You can bring your entire bag, and it says no woods. Or driver, so that's fine. But I mean, I'll pull out a six iron. Oh, I mean, it's it's four hundred feet from home plate to right that you know to over the wall. Let's say right. That's not crazy far. Well, then this is what I don't get. They said one of the longest holes is four hundred and uh, sorry, one hundred and fifty yards, right? 
So that mm-hmm. there would be 450 feet. So I wonder how they get that. It's got to be elevation. I was going to say, it's be from the upper deck. It's from the upper deck, probably yeah. to, to like one corner of the upper deck, let's say, to a far corner of the outfield. Yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the shot. No, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely hitting a home run and trying to hit the apple. Uh, I don't think you'd be able to hit that. Well, there's the original apple, which is undercover. It's actually outside the stadium. So I might the Shea, the Shea apple is out outside. Well, You'd actually have to hit it backwards. I might try to go backwards into history and hit the polo grounds apple. <laughs> they didn't even have one, so we got to go back in time, put one there, and Damn. then make and then make that happen. Yeah. Where's Bryson? So it should, yeah, <laughs> should be uh, interesting. Scott, let's give a shout out to our sponsors and people helping us out along the way. Mulligans Golf, MulliganSGolf.com. That's with a Z. And Mulligans Golf on Instagram. Uh, McEwen Golf. You can see I'm rocking this pretty sweet Pebble Beach US Open McEwen Golf hat right there. Check them out. McEwen, uh, at McEwen Golf on Instagram. And uh, at Boston Scott Golf. Not named after you uh, or the city of Boston. But uh, bostonscottgolf.com as well as Boston Scott Golf on Instagram and anywhere else you follow social media. As always, follow us at Leave the Pin. Head over to iTunes, leave a comment and a rating. We'd appreciate that. Uh, tag us in any of your pictures. Hashtag Leave the Pin in. And uh, keep supporting us. We love it, people. Episode 50 is going to be sick with the Jane Park interview. Don't miss that. Scott, have we got anything else for the good people? Nah, I think we're good. All right. Well, listen, check out our Instagram at leave the pin this weekend because Monscato and I and Dan from Train on Main are going to be doing some pretty cool stuff and you will not want to miss that. Absolutely. All right, people. Either get busy golfing or get busy dying. See you soon.